Hey, I'm Brenna. And I'm AC. And welcome to An Obsessive Nature, where we're geeks, but we're also writers now. Today we're going to talk about story tropes that we keep coming back to. As writers and readers. Yes. Good point. Yes. Um, we're going to... What did I already... Okay. Um, oh, and kind of... Sorry. How it influences... We'll cut that out maybe. <laughs> How it influences our writing. Yeah. And um, yeah, anything else? And just kind of where where on earth do these come from? Like why, yeah. if we even know where we like... Chicken or the egg. Yeah, exactly. That kind of stuff. Um, so I guess... psychological or... I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. I think for me, I I think the main one is probably love triangles, but that's just mm-hmm. kind of in all of YA. I write YA, and that's really all I read, mm-hmm. young adult. Same. And um, I think that love triangles are such a. I mean, in the in the stories I read growing up, that was like the main thing because there's so much drama involved with them, and typically, as depressing as it is, like when you are um, when you're like in a solid monogamous relationship in a book. Or in any type of fiction, it can get boring for the for the consumer or the watcher, yeah. or whatever the reader. Because, I mean, it's that's just I mean that's why that's a whole other thing. Because then it's like expectation versus reality versus like how relationships really work in real life. Yeah. But either way, as a young teenager, it's and now it's still exciting to like have that dynamic in the love triangle and all that. And so yeah. that was a huge thing for me. And like Twilight and Hunger Games were big ones. And, um. I don't know. There's so many other, like, literally everything. And people try and make forced love triangles out of everything, like Harry Potter, too. True. And, um... I know. The total imagined love triangle in Harry Potter. Yeah, exactly. And people just... It's such a common thing that everyone just tries to... Because it, it is, like, drama, and mm-hmm. it's exciting, and it, it becomes, like, the whole Team Jacob, Team Edward, Team Gail, Team PETA. Like, it's a whole... becomes a whole, like, community thing, and it's very, like... I don't know it's it's cool to get behind and it's just i think that involves invests the reader even more mm-hmm. um and yeah i think it's just kind of addicting um <laughs> it's like a love triangle um and then another random one i have is like being trapped in a mall overnight or like being trapped in any sort of like something overnight because as a kid that was just so fascinating to me yeah. and i like loved that idea and i read there was a series of books that i read that was like i think it's called quarantine and they all or no maybe no, quarantine is where they're all stuck in their high school. Um, but there's another one. I think it's like no safety in numbers where everyone mm-hmm. gets um, everyone gets quarantined in a mall um, because there's like, I, I think it's like some sort of bomb and it's giving off radiation Ooh. and everyone becomes like mutated and all this stuff happens. And so it was really cool. Um, it wasn't like the best written, but I enjoyed it. And um, it's just interesting. Like I've always wanted that that like being trapped in a mall overnight or being trapped somewhere. I think it's just like that freedom as a kid. You just like want that freedom to do whatever you want in a store and not be stuck. So I think that's where that came from. The love triangle thing is just like, that's always been in my con like that's everywhere. So it's like just something I always gravitated towards. But the mall thing, I think just like as a kid, it just sounded fun to me. And so I even wrote a scene in my, in my novel I'm trying to get published now that like had that, but I ended up cutting it like a long time ago, but it was still like, it was cool. It it isn't, it isn't, become part of my writing just like love triangles is extremely part of my writing so (laughs) but what are some of yours that you have i have like the get out of this town trope yeah um just like for a day i think part of it comes from the music i would listen to as a tween teen especially like pop punk all-time low alternative all of this stuff about like driving to the beach for a day and we live about like two hours from the beach so that's that's realistic part of it too yeah yeah 
Um, well, there's so many good all-time... All-time low is just, like... Yeah. It just makes you want to, like, run away in a good way. In anyway. such a beautiful, great self-discovery type of way. Yes, I agree. A big reason why that was so appealing to me as a kid, too, was I have learning disabilities, so school was always a bit more stressful, especially when I started, like, failing math or yeah. science. It's just... I felt so uncomfortable and wanted to just take a day off school. And so I often fantasized about just going to the beach for a day. Especially, it's always hot during the school year around here, too. So Perfect beach weather. So it was like a perfect beach day and we were stuck in school. I I know. Tell me about it. I just need to get out of here right now. And I think also it can just be kind of freeing and remind you of what's important. If you guys can hear that, that's my little doggy (laughs) trying to get Brenda to pet him. (laughs) He snaps his mouth like a shark. You can't hear it. Here we go. Do it. Do it. Yep. There we go. There we go. There goes. Little shark. So I'm very into love-hate couples. And I was telling Brenna earlier that I am so excited about my love-hate couples list because my first two on there, I just met the male actors from the couple and, like, actually had great conversations with them, which was amazing and also, like, a little bit sexually stimulating, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> Um, so first I have Luke and Lorelai from Gilmore Girls. That was more sweet rather than sexy, but, um, it's still fun. There goes little sugar, my dog, prancing in the background. Hopefully he'll behave. Um, and then number two, Spike and Buffy from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And I had a great conversation with him about his character in particular and how he's like a bad guy, but we all do bad things and he's still lovable and redemption and blah, blah, blah. But anyway, love a good redemption arc. Oh, I love a good redemption arc. I think it's so important. <laughs> That's another story trope. But also, it needs to be in every story. <laughs> it's not really a trope. It just needs to be there. Um, and then also, I have Ron and Hermione, yep. Score Rose, which is, you know, Harry Potter Next Generation. I say, you know, Brenna doesn't know. And yeah, okay. whatever. And Zuko and Katara, obviously. That's a good one. That's right? A good one. Uh, Darcy and Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. And then I have Johnny and Baby from <laughs> Dirty Dancing. Yeah. Um, I don't know, something about a man with a scowl, it's just, or even, I didn't put this on, but Lily and James from Harry Potter, I love that dynamic too. I think it it speaks of, oh, speaks of serious attraction, like you want to be with someone despite how frustrating they are. Yeah, Um, that's a good one. And I have like a serious ingrained fear of rejection for some reason, it doesn't make any sense, I wasn't like, I mean, I guess the first guy I had a serious crush on ended up kind of ignoring me. Uh, he asked me to the first middle school dance and then he kind of ignored me and hung out with some older girls. Uh, Brenna ended up dating this this boy a few years later. I was going to ask who the hell are you talking I about? I was totally over him by that point. Well, yeah. So it wasn't Everyone like an was. issue or anything. <laughs> even Brenna. Me. Even Brenna was over him, to I'm be honest, kidding. for some of it. Love you. Let's be real. <laughs> Sorry, uh, dude. I hope you know you're, who I you hope are. you're doing okay. I hope he... I think he is. I don't I think, think he, he would listen to this, though. I mean, no, he doesn't, follow, he doesn't follow me on anything, but... I don't think he does. Sometimes he hits me up. Oh, I think he's in a committed relationship now. Yeah. And he hasn't hit me up in a while. Yeah, don't so. let's not call out his girlfriend, whoever the heck she is, and be like... <laughs> we could be talking about anyone. <laughs> no, people would know. Anyways, um, what else? I love flirty banter. I think it's, like, really hot. Um, I just... <laughs> <laughs> You're so precious, but you're so annoying. You're so frustrating. I'm in a love-hate relationship with you. Yeah, you're going to have to go do something, bud. This is ridiculous. I really value honesty. So that's part of it. Like, when you start out hating each other and then you become involved, you can be really honest with each other. And for me, weirdly, there's nothing more romantic. Um, Yeah, no, I like that. 
So anyways, can we talk a little bit about where they come from? You yeah. kind of touched on I it. I kind of touched on this. I think that like the love triangle thing is just from all the all the YA. Like it's just in I mean, I feel like it's probably in I don't know. I feel like it's just always in stories. Mm-hmm. And it's so common. Um and like the the like middle grade stuff I grew up reading like when I was younger. I mean, even that had it in there. Yeah. Obviously not in like a sexual way. I mean, <laughs> granted like I don't know. Everything's sexual, really. Everything is sexual, it. but yeah, it's true. Um, but yeah, I think just Twilight, The Hunger Games were my main two like fandoms. Like when I was in high school, uh, middle school and high school, and so it really came from those two stories. And like the story I wrote is basically it's very like the actual relationships are extremely similar. They're the same as The Hunger Games. Like her best friend who really likes her, and then her crush mostly. Um, well, I don't know. Katniss never liked Peta in the beginning. But anyway. Whole other thing. It's very similar. Like I, a lot of my writing is very similar to the Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think I intentionally did that. It's just everything comes from what I know, and that's what yeah. I know. Um, and the whole like a, staying in a mall overnight, like I said, is kind of just like from when I was a kid. Just kind of I don't know. There's probably some episodes of, like Disney Channel shows or something where that happened. Maybe it was like half the tipped in, half like I don't know. It was just, it seemed like freedom and fun when I was a kid. And like, that was always just a fantasy of mine for some reason. I guess I just, I, I love them all. So, <laughs> and now malls are kind of dead, but alas, RIP, RIP, millennials kill malls, but. Um, and then for me, I talked about the get out of this town a bit. Yeah. But really, it is all rooted in the whole learning disability thing, especially even in college, like having to schedule my own tests but also being schedulely challenged. Yeah, that amount was of times. Strong. Yes, Brenna was there for some of them. The yeah. amount of times I scheduled something on the wrong day by accident because yeah. I, like, mixed up the numbers, it's just insane. It would happen every semester. It sucks. <laughs> and I would Ugh. be, like, sobbing and so worried that I was going to fail a class. Um, so the idea of just kind of abandoning it all for a day was very healing and helpful. For sure. I would just, like, pop in those earbuds or write a quick story. Um... And then for the love-hate thing, I think part of it <laughs> reflects part of it reflects the um, my first boy-girl interactions, as I sort of touched on. <laughs> I have these weird, I have a weird like rejection fear that's not based in anything. It's not like I was adopted or like that I was like scarred as a child. Yeah, I just. I'm sort of insecure about who I am sometimes. It's much better now. We all are. Um, but I always tried to act aloof whenever I liked someone, and that sort of kind of led to yeah, a like, love-hate dynamic. I totally get that. Especially I... when that certain person would come in and throw me over his shoulder in the classroom in eighth grade, and I would be like, oh, you're so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> that is the one I have had a crush on multiple times. Oh, yeah? Yes. Oh, um, Okay. I mean, I'm assuming we're talking about someone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. It's fine. We can um, call him out. He doesn't care. We have a great relationship. I mean, he knows I, I had a crush on him in fifth grade. I mean, literally in eighth grade, he wrote my yearbook. Sorry I didn't like you back in fifth grade. Well, he wouldn't sign my yearbook in eighth grade because <laughs> he's being obnoxious. He is obnoxious. Um, I miss him, though. Um, we can go we can visit go him see after him. we record. That's a good idea. Okay. Um, now it's pretty obvious who that is. Uh, so. It was already obvious. Yeah, it was already obvious. I mean, if anyone's actually listening to this. Um. Yeah, so I think we should pro- probably go into, like, how these influence us. I, I mean, I kind of, yes. I basically already did. Like, they, I mean, I pretty much, both of my stories that I've written that I'm hoping to get published, um, I mean, everything I've written has had a love triangle in it, let's be honest. Mm-hmm. I just think it's so interesting, because I like writing more than one, like, love interest. Um, 
Yeah. And I love that dynamic. And I think it just makes it more interesting. So like I said, the whole like stable relationship thing is good in theory, but in fiction, it's boring. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, story- it, it's not good in theory. It's great in real life, but yeah. in, in fiction, it's, it can be boring. And like, yeah. it needs that kind of drama and fun. And and yeah, I've, I've written, I mean, and the whole, like I said, the mall thing, I wrote a scene about that um, in my novel as well. But it ended up being it was on it was cut on the the what do they call it the chopping room floor or what are they mm-hmm. <laughs> whatever they call it it was it was cut but I think it's always just kind of with me when I'm writing like it's not something I intentionally do at this point yeah <laughs> which is I don't know how scary or good or bad that is but it's just always kind of with me so I don't really go out saying I'm gonna make a story that's just like the Hunger Games it just happens yeah <laughs> I think yeah. it's very similar for me um in particular thinking about this kind of thing, it's even happening right now. It gets me so excited to write something or create something. I I could talk about it forever. Um, And that's really great. When you sit down to write, you need something that makes you that excited. So it's a great tool for me. And it always has been. And I think it will continue to be. Um, And like Brenna said, it just kind of shows up in my writing uh, whenever I'm plotting something out and I'm thinking about romantic interests, they're always going to be butting heads and yeah. a little bit confrontational. And I, it's always going to be a tool that I use to facilitate character growth. And that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. I think so, so too. Um, yeah, I think, like you said, they're extremely valuable. Just like having them there as, as tools um, in our like back pockets, whether we do it intentionally or not. Um and I think, I mean, there's so many more that, like, I mean, there's a million different story tropes, like, yeah. everywhere. And I think that's why, and tropes can be, like, a negative connotation. Like, it can have a negative connotation, mm-hmm. um, but also because it could be, like, cliches or whatever. But it's I think it's different. It's more just, like, story thing, story beats that, like, will always be in stories till the end of yeah. time. Because they're just, like you said, there's only seven stories in the world or whatever mm-hmm. that um, thing is. So it's I just think- tough. If you connect to something as much as we connect to these, like there's, it's always going to be, it's never going to be cliche. It's, yeah. it's totally legitimate. If it sets your heart racing and makes you want to sit down and write. Somebody else will want to read it too. Exactly. Yeah. So that's great. And I think it can be kind of therapeutic to talk about too. <laughs> oh, a thousand percent. I totally agree. Um, it's very yeah. to subconscious. So anyways. I think that's about it. I'm pretty, mm-hmm. there's so many more story tropes that I love, but can't think of any more. <laughs> well, I could talk about. Uh, love hate people for days but yeah probably should talk to my therapist about it instead <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm not your therapist you have to pay me for that but, exactly you know, whatever um but yeah that uh let us know what story tropes that you keep coming back to and yeah. what ones that you're sick of and all that i want to know what we want to know it all and feel free to psychoanalyze me i'd love to hear your thoughts yeah <laughs> feel free to send us money uh, that <laughs> no, I was gonna say, feel free to be. <laughs> that was the opposite of what I meant. I meant we will send you money to be our therapist, but yeah. you can send us. Money well, I won't too. send you money, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on me because I'm narcissistic. So yeah, that's fine. we you can't be a writer and not be exactly. All right, see you later. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Don't hesitate to let us know what you think or suggest a new discussion topic. You can email us at nature at gmail.com or use the Ask Me Anything tab on our stupid Tumblr, nature.tumblr.com. <laughs> See you next time. <laughs>